Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for episode three for Universal Talks with Harmony and Chaos. I am your host, Novian Matters, joined by my awesome wife here, Absolute Chaos. And today, we are going to be talking about a bunch of random stuff, but stuff nonetheless. And I'm your host, Absolute Chaos. Thank you so much for joining us at At WAG episode 3, guys. Oh my gosh, ladies, non-gendered folk out there. Woohoo! Can't believe we got to episode 3. I'm so excited. By the time this episode gets uploaded, we're going to be one week into Biden and Kamala Harris winning the presidency. And I would like to give snaps to Kamala Harris for being the first female vice president, the first colored female vice president, the first female vice president of Asian descent. That is making history right there. And I applaud her for that. I'm sure everybody knows from the first two episodes that we did not vote for them. But if they really say they're going to try to be progressive and be for the people, I am willing to give them a chance, you know? I'm still for Howie Hawkins and Angela Walker. Uh, I'll have to apologize uh, on my part and, and also my on for uh, absolute chaos because um, we were saying Anna Walker, and that is my bad. I don't know why I was reading Angela Walker, and then my brain, by the time it processed it and got out of my mouth, came out Anna Walker. So I apologize for that. Anyone who was like, you dumbass are saying it wrong. Yes, I know. I'm so, so, so sorry for that. I also want to apologize and say that I didn't triple check and make sure Novian Matters gave us the right name because there was so much to put this show together. So I want to apologize. Any people out there that are supporters of Angela or Angela yourself, Walker, I apologize for getting your name wrong. It was no disrespect. It was just complete and utter human error and not following up. We are still learning. And to continue and to completely comment on your side of it. Yeah, let's see how the next four years goes. I'm kind of neutral. I'm not against Kamala or Joe. It had nothing to do with them. I'm not here to tell you like oh my god i hate or basically side with any trump supporters or anything like or hate-filled people no i'm here to say they weren't the best choice because i am progressive my husband novian is progressive and basically howie hawkins and angela had always been for the things that i personally believe in and they closely resembled me and in my opinion everything bernie stood for i was extremely sad to see bernie go it was pretty much heartbreaking both times and they had been vouching for these ideals that i firmly believe in my heart and soul since forever so for me it was just an easier choice to pick them both i'm neutral I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited or I have to give more than snaps because there is a female colored woman 
strong individual as a vice president and it was not easy for her to get there it was not easy for joe to get where he is so it's just we're gonna wait and see basically i just wanted to be clear if everybody else gets to be on their stance be on extremely believing who they want we are not telling you anything else other than how we are going to stand forward and be advocating for the people that we love and cherish that we admire and that keep growing going strong in our belief system and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i really fell in love with them particularly because even though the election is over they are still saying that they're gonna fight tooth and nail that they're gonna fight for everything that we believe in that it's not over it's just the beginning and they have such a good freaking point and just like that is someone that i would have loved to have seen in office personally because that's someone that doesn't give up that's someone that does not stop fighting in the healthy way in in sorts and i just love i loved it i loved that they were just announcing that it's not over and that they're going to keep fighting for our rights and for everything that they stand for for example the green deal if you were basically someone that loved bernie sanders and you wanted to go check out what the heck we've been talking about this whole time i mean and some people do know what we're talking about and they still prefer Joe Jurgensen. I personally didn't. I had nothing against her. I just preferred Angela Walker, Howie Hawkins. And I just am still going to show them advocation, admiration, because everyone else gets to do it for whoever it is that they believe in. I think it's fair wholeheartedly that we get to do the same. I mean, what do you think, love? I was like you in the beginning. I was completely like Bernie, man. Bernie, 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 Bernie. Love Bernie. And then he dropped out again. And I was like, no, no. Yeah, it's the second time he drops out. I understand he felt he wasn't going to make it onto like the, I think the primary ballots, I believe. I don't know. It, it really bummed me out. But not a lot of people know that Bernie the first time he ran uh, four years ago, he wanted to be Green Party. You know, I think that's why he's so likable. And I think he should have stuck with the Green Party. I believe he decided to stay Democratic Party because more people are aware of it. Because, you know, I saw a lot of people being like, who the heck is Joe Jorgensen? Cause she got 1% in a lot of the states or something. But um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people who are progressive especially like i guess an, an extreme progressive uh because you know there's conservative democrats and you know i've 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 seen some pretty damn conservative democrats as well uh but progressive progressive you know i feel like that's starting to go towards the green party and you know it's for that reason that usually the candidates that come out of there they're pretty good. Joe Jorgensen, I had my ifs and buts about her. She's more of a... So, Joe Jorgensen called herself a American libertarian, political activist and academic. That's what, you know, she comes out as on Google. Howie Hawkins comes out more as a... Uh... Well, first of all, Howie Hawkins is actually a co-founder of the Green Party, which is... Pretty fucking awesome. 
I don't know. I feel like more people should get just more educated about the Green Party. I feel like a lot of people would actually maybe turn, like, convert to the Green Party if they knew more about it. But, you know, the right side of the Green Party. Well, not saying there's no wrong side, you know, to each their own. I'm not going to go and, and say someone's political beliefs are wrong. I just don't like it when you oppress someone or try to force your opinions down their throat. For me, that's just a big nope. Doesn't matter what freaking political party you follow. It doesn't matter what freaking religion you are. If you are going to be an oppressive piece of shit, oh, just get away from me. Anyway, yeah, I, I love, absolutely love Howie Hawkins and his running mate, Angela Walker, who I honestly feel it should have been vice versa. I know he co-founded the Green Party, but I believe Angela Walker should have been running for president and Howie should have been her running mate. I'm not saying they both haven't accomplished great things, but so many people, it never happens. You know, we, we finally have a female vice president. That's progress. I would love to see a female president. And what's more, I would love to see a female colored president like Angela Walker. You know, I feel like I'm not sure what it is why men or people get so damn threatened of a woman in power. But Jesus Christ, it's not going to kill you. Get over it. Grow a pair, guys. If you're really out there trying to be sexist and stuff like why are you so threatened by a woman in power? What is going to happen? Are you afraid she's going to treat you the way you treat other women? That's my question of why they get so damn scared. I, I don't know. No, no. It's not about I don't know. You have such a point. It's not even just males. There are people in America, no matter what gender, that simply do not believe there should be a female as a president and it's just like why who why are you so threatened by someone other than than a male being president it, it's just shocking to me and i think you have such an another amazing point if people found out more about the individual candidates and found out what they were about they might side more with George Ergen or the green side everyone's like blue green like Republican Democrat and it well what about voting for the person that you individually believe their beliefs things change once upon a time the Democratic Party was all like not about the things that it is about now and once upon a time the Republican Party was about the things that everyone would that we like or the people that we agree with would love and that changed the libertarian the independent party came to be also and as far as i'm aware i will update the audience i will update you guys as the listeners they, all they've ever been is progressive i could be wrong and i just think that the individual candidate should be considered if the individual candidate is like well i'm doing this political party but I believe in all of this. That's the thing, that we're voting for the person that similarly scopes and views what issues are going on right now. I cannot imagine 
how we're going to go from here. In a good way, though. I can't. I cannot imagine. I'm just neutral, and I'm just. I'm excited. I'm many things. But if there's anything I for damn sure am is fucking happy, relieved, and prepared for the next four years. Because those people that are filled with oppressive minds, that are filled with hate, that are filled with bullying, the same people we cannot stand. They are just incessant on making threats, on bringing the rest of the world down, or the rest of America, the rest of the land. And it's, I'm not going to stand for it either. It's just, need, it needs to, if we could have, if we had to deal with the loss four years ago, even though we, me and you particularly were green, there are a lot of mirror elements to the candidates in the blue party and the people mirror a lot of values that we have. So love you guys. I'm just saying, if we had to deal with the loss, I don't understand why it's such a big hell on earth that they cannot process the loss and this is exactly what is wrong with the country is people thinking that they have privilege thinking that they have the right to act out to act crazy to act in any kind of way and people that are oppressed they just get freaking like poked and stung and suppressed and taken down in any way or form but when it is people that always get what they want it's just havoc and unbalanced chaos and unbalanced harmony it's just amazing it's it's amazingly horrible the behavior i don't i think that the world and the time for tolerance i think is finally ending i think people are finally standing up clapping back and saying you know what you're killing us anyway you're hurting us anyway you're doing what you can with us or torturing us mentally or physically anyways so we might as well freaking spread this freaking open the eyes of everybody and be like are you dealing with this too are you are you holy shit all of these people in america are like yes we are dealing with this i'm one of those people and you and me we've been seeing it forever and finally people are like let's stop dealing with it and let's do something about it and it's like yeah yeah, I mean, people, and finally, this one year, this is the one thing that gets me crazy. This is one thing that stirs my mind that I love. It takes always about more than five years for something to get going, for something to grow. But this is the one year that every month felt like a year. Every month, some crazy stuff was going on. Every single month, change was happening. Change that needed to happen for the better, for the both of us, for the great, for the greater good. I was happy. The kind of change, even if I was so angry, so sad, so fueled up because it was just finally so many more people of color, minorities, even though there's we're not minorities, uh, losing their lives in this year. For example, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the nation's heart, at least the nation has heart from everyone being suppressed from everyone understanding just not not taking it anymore just finally saying that's it man everyone is is dying people are dying every single day and it's unspoken attack for people that are always oppressed in any group 
in any target if you are a part of anything that does that's not the people that are always being served or the people that are used to the privilege then you are attacked and the difference that i i hate this is trained into some of the policemen or this is people are not putting their jobs first i'm starting to see it out here on the road they cannot put their their jobs first they are letting their feelings get to them and we were born with our skin color i'm proud of my skin color i didn't choose though i can't just take off my skin color i can't just put like hang it up and not to touch base and i don't really if people have a problem that's on them this controversial like part of it this is why blue lives i can't agree with they matter it's like yeah they they those individual humans their lives matter but they are letting the hate get to them. They get to take off their uniform. And we don't get to take off our like skin color. We don't get to take off our culture or whatever. Not that I want to. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not the same thing. And they're being trained. They already are trained. We have to be given the talk by our parents, some of us. And thrown into the world. Uh, sharks are attacking us as we get into adulthood. Because and we have to learn the one of the worst ways sometimes in bad situations that this is how the world works or America. They are trained in the police academy. They are trained for specific situations. And the sucky part is I've seen in some of the parts of the internet out there that in the old days when they were using examples in the books of training, it was people of color that were being like shown. It was subliminal racism it was bad i'm so excited i'm so neutral i'm so many things <laughs> feeling many things in my being as to what's going to come of this presidency what's going to happen in the next four years how are we going to heal as a country this is just the start getting him out if anything i'm feeling all of these things i completely am with you i will leave that subject aside for another episode i wanted to introduce a beautiful segment in this episode that we'll be sporadically bringing about and we might we might only have time for one one story of the segment which is i'm going to start it i want to have more than one episode on this but i understand we're not scripted like everybody so it'll be on on days where it's like we remember and this segment I want to introduce is called Dream Journals. The topic of the segment is going to be very vivid dreams, maybe even lucid dreaming. And if you, or you particular, the listeners, have had vivid dreams, write us in on our Gmail or write us in right into the show, right into our Facebook. Find us on, individually on Instagram. I'll be posting a particular post for responses. And we'll give you guys shout outs. We'll give you guys praise and see your different dreams. And I'm going to particularly talk about one dream that I had oddly, eerily, amazingly, mystically the night before you left for the end of our trip in Chicago. It was November 2nd into November 3rd. It was the end. Halloween just ended. Sewing just ended. The Day of the Dead just happened. So much magic or mystery or mysticalness in the air. 
to top it off on the societal side, one of the most life-changing on the right side history elections was gonna happen, was gonna finish on November 3rd. So I'm gonna start the dream. Real quick, before you start that segment, I just wanted to add that you have such a point about what you were saying before. I don't know if I'm repeating myself here, but I believe that the police or people of authority, they should be getting mental health screenings before and after in that job. And yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think Blue Lives Matter is a valid agreement in my opinion because blue is not a skin color. They want respect for the job. I believe there's good cops. I've, I think I've already said this. I believe in good cops. But those bad cops, the corrupt ones, that I can't pronounce his last name, Derek Chav, I don't know what, the asshole that killed George Floyd, who fucking made a million dollars bail somehow. He should be freaking sitting in jail right now. The officers that killed Breonna Taylor should be sitting in jail right now. There's a lot of injustice in the world, and it starts with authority too because they're supposed to protect and serve, not have more power than the citizens. I think if you're going to be a biased individual, if you're not going to be fair, do what you were taught to do, which is everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and you're not going to freaking put a gun in my face or something. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy with blue lives, but I have nothing against the good police, man. I have nothing against them. I know some really good police officers, so I have nothing against them, but the ones that are ruining it for everybody else, I can't agree with. Fortunately, they make all the cops look bad. Now everybody doesn't trust any cops, and I can admit myself that every now and then I get a little hesitant with some cops around. That's just because people discriminate, and it's kind of sad, like, I can honestly say I've been pulled over, and when I've been pulled over, officers that speak to me, they like subconsciously have their hands on their their guns. It kind of sucks. You don't too often see them do that with a white person. It happens. I'm not going to say there hasn't been any white people killed by cops. Of course there has. That's the problem. Why are cops killing people in the first place? If there is any other way, you know, they're given tasers and stuff. I'm pretty sure, you know, most officers have partners. I'm pretty sure if two tasers shot someone, that could take them down. You know, if one taser doesn't do it, maybe two. I feel like there's just alternatives that can be done. And I think that it's a lot of this stuff that happens that a lot of countries have their eyes on America. And a lot of them, I've spoken to some people that we know, friends or family or on the other side in the past that they said, America... Looks like they're having a shit show. They actually have avoided coming over here saying, you know, well, I don't know if I want to go over there. It doesn't, <laughs> America doesn't look that friendly. It doesn't look that safe. It's funny because I always hear people saying, oh, Mexico's not safe. Don't go over there. They're over there going, let's not go to America. <laughs> it's not that safe right now. To me, that says something. So much for the American dream, huh? Anyway, let's get started on that dream journal segment. I really would love to hear about your dream. I'm so sorry for uh, taking some time. No, don't apologize whatsoever. You need to state your opinion. Also, I completely agree, and I'm just glad that you had some commentary before we start the next segment. So, going right into it. Before I go right into it, I want to give some pre-context. I just want to say that the, sto- the, 
not story, but it's a story, but it's a dream that I had the night before November 3rd. And it was in the same like timeline, time area, whatever you want to call it, week, days, from whatever spectrum of spirituality, religion, or just holiday you believe in. Halloween just ended, Day of the Dead was there, sewing. The election on the political end just reminding everybody and giving some free context. I, I've, and when I was younger, I was told or kind of mouth fed the hate to believe that snakes are evil and they represent ugly and evil things. And uh, for a really long time, I didn't know how to feel about it. I didn't want to call my parents liars or any members of my family, but I also had my own opinions. At first I obeyed or I stayed away from snakes. If I ever came across one, I just kind of like stared at it. I didn't try to hurt it or do anything. I, I would in the moment would stay neutral. So later on in life as an adult or as I grew up, I came across a museum I used to go to when I was a child, not a child, sorry, when I was a preteen. There was this snake called Binky, and I petted the snake, and it wasn't evil or scary or anything. I just was happy with myself as a personal goal because I faced a snake, and I didn't immediately hate it or feel anything towards it. I was neutral. I gave it a chance, this particular snake. So I stopped going to the museum. I put them in the back of my mind. I would think about them here and there when people would bring up their own beliefs or the topic would come up about spirit animals or in the Bible this says this or representations of evil and different times of my life and it always struck a nerve with me because it always made me feel like just because you think something is scary or ugly or awful or mean that's your assumption of the creature or thing like you actually don't know until you give the experience yourself if this creature is like going on about its life no matter what it's doing like each individual creature can make their own decisions to a point whatever your faith is just my particular beliefs are that they can make their own decisions it's just up to you of course if you come stumbling in and you attack it or show it like scared in my belief once again it's just as afraid or emanates whatever you're giving off to it the creature so i wasn't particularly fond of snakes but i tried to retrain myself in healing to be more neutral to all kinds of creatures including snakes i want to give that pre-context before i head into the dream another thing was in the past i had had dreams about snakes but it was in my opinion it wasn't necessarily the snake i wouldn't remember in such vivid detail and it was usually people the snake was in those dreams just a warning like this a person is pretending to be something they're not or whatever and then something would happen in my life later like days after the dream and i was like oh it totally the face was revealed or whatever in saying all of that i hadn't had a particular fondness i had eventually grown into neutrality to give each individual creature its own right of passage to 
show itself in or reveal itself in whatever way or form, even whether good or bad. It didn't matter if in movies or in society or in culture, snakes have been depicted as evil or conniving, whatever you want to assume or whatever. But I'm just like, no, you know, maybe each individual creature person is their own individual creature person. I was very particularly entranced, amazed, surprised, a mix of emotions when I had this dream. Now that I finished with the pre-context, let's get into the dream. I call this dream the residue, even if to a lot of people it won't make sense. It is twilight about to be nighttime. It's a beautiful day or what had been a beautiful day. The air is neutral, a little hazy, eerie, easy to control, if you will. Distractions are there, are present in the air. You are unaware at the time if you're dreaming because the dream is so real, but you're, my brain setting, my feelings, everything, it was so vivid, the air on my skin, the, the surroundings, what was what I was feeling in the air or not air the f- central air because I was indoors when I first start the dream and I'm looking out a window and I'm seeing the twilight and I'm in a cabin and I'm in a northern part a top or middle part of a mountain and it's just a beautiful scenery you could totally tell it's fall I feel the heat on me I'm wearing clothes that I would be wearing I can't see myself, but I can feel myself. I just kind of like move around my hair and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm staring at this kitchen in the in this cabin and it's maybe a one bedroom. I never got to find out. The details of this cabin are beautiful. The setting is supposed to be making me feel comfortable, put me in a state of obedience. If I, it, This is my belief where I don't question anything, at least for all of those who are like, what do you mean obedience? I'm staring at this marble white with hints of streaks of black kitchen and it's wooden cabinets. The cabin is all wooden. I am straight ahead. I cannot turn around to see if there's a front door, but my assumption would have been I like came in through the front and I walked right into the kitchen and off to the left, you go sideways to the left past the kitchen and the living rooms over there or a den and then off to the right it's shadows and it's what I would assume to be the bedroom area there's a small hallway I can see my peripheral visions the way that you would in a vivid real life vividness that there's like fire coming maybe fiery orange colors coming from the living room so maybe there's a fire um The lights are on in the kitchen and there's this big beautiful window and then to the right it's just dark, vague, don't go over there kind of thing. So this is where the dream starts. This is where I am suddenly at. I don't question it and it's supposed to emanate a uh, serene, blissful, beautiful evening. Even though that's what I'm supposed to be feeling, I'm questioning it. In the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, where am I? Why am I here? Usually I don't question in other dreams, but I 
I started to learn how to lucid dream, which is something that I've been trying to do here and there. Sometimes I get there, sometimes I don't. So I'm trying to move around. I'm trying to see if there's a front door. I'm trying to look at my surroundings and I realize that I can't. But the moment that I realize that I can't, someone steps from the shadows out into the kitchen light from the bedroom. And it is what is supposed to be my uncle, but there's something incredibly wrong with him. He's wearing a black polo short sleeve, which is odd. And I notated that in my brain. He's wearing a white cap no insignia on the cap which so it should have had some kind of insignia of sports team but it didn't it was just a white blank cap emanating a sports cap and he's wearing pale khaki shorts black shoes with the rim of the shoes white i just stare at him a little bit because i can't tell if it's trying to emanate like if he's dress normal like everything's okay everything's normal stop questioning and another pre-context thing that i'm going to say about this dream is every single time i started to rebel every single time i started to argue every single time i started to question even in my mind i would be very surprised to find that something would come up forward to me something would present itself something suddenly happened or a question or something was needed of me so that's another pre-context okay he comes into the living room and he says hey to me and i say hey deal uncle and i was like what's up you called me here and he says yes and i see him start to move and he's moving in this weird disorderly way i see that his skin is extra pale i see that he's wearing the cap and it's overly shadowing his face it won't show me his face the dream and i'm just concerned i'm immediately wondering why what's what's weird something's bring bring electricity an electric vibe shoots up my whole body tells me to be on alert but the moment that this happens and I'm about to step forward he comes toward me and he says I need help with something yes I called you here your cousins will be here soon and I say what okay and I said why do you need my help what's going on and he was like I found this creature and I need help with it I'm trying to help it I'm trying to make its life better and I say what do you mean better and before I can finish my sentence he starts walking toward me he starts walking towards the where you cut the, the vegetables part on the marble of the kitchen and he gets a unique wooden slab that has buckles over it to strap something down and it's not a very long slab it wouldn't be bigger than like a large oversized uh, thin cutting board but it was particular and i just noticed it and i say did you make that and he says oh yeah uh because when i found the creature i wanted to make sure i got it fitted so i can help it and fix it and do what i need to do with it i was like well where's the creature and he says he gives a small creepy chuckle or laughter small like <laughs> wouldn't you like to know type of thing and I look at him, I'm trying to look him in the eyes, but again, I can't ever see his face. It's shadowed out, blurred, or it's just not there. He hover, hovers over himself 
and I'm just trying to look in the reflection. I'm trying to be like, what are you doing? I'm trying, I'm starting to walk over and then he hovers back over to me and he's like, it's right here. And it's this snake. The, my first reaction to the snake is just, whoa, that's a snake. And secondly, like, whoa, the, the color. And it's surprised, it's in shock. It's looking, it look, it's, first it starts to look around, a little erratic, a little like what's going on. Then it realizes because it's being held on its body, it can't slither. It looks up at who's holding it in a sort of like defensive slash scared, also like uh, aggressive way. And it hisses like a way a snake hisses, I guess as a warning. I don't know much about snakes. It starts trying to attack my uncle. And my uncle knew exactly when to grab it. It, He pounced with his hands and grabs it by the neck so it can't move, it can't squirm, and he's stronger than it. And I start being like, what's going on? What What are you doing? And he puts it on the table and he straps it in and he's like, "This, I need help with this creature. And I say, why couldn't you get one of the other uh, cousins to do it? I don't know what's why. I don't feel comfortable. And he's just like, no, it had to be you. And I say, what do you mean it has to be me? And I come closer over to the, the wooden slab and I'm looking at the creature and it's squirming and then it stops for a second. It's just staring up at me. And then I'm able to intake its features. And it was this entrancing, beautiful, scared, not happy, wanting to just be left alone snake with beautiful black features. You could not tell that it had scales or slitheriness. It, it was, there was a smoothness to its whole body. And it was beautiful, tinted, perfect black, not faded or grayed out. It was just black. And its head is representing almost a lizard-like type of, or dragon, like there's a certain creature that I ended up finding when I woke up. And it's a bigger head and it looks somewhat like a snake, somewhat like a lizard. And it has a little bit of a up hump to it. The only part of the whole snake that you can tell has like scaly or reptilian, you know, type of features. Its eyes are a black streak in the middle and the surrounding was this beautiful aqua teal a little dark it has it starts opening its mouth staring at me and it starts to semi hiss and then i'm able to see it the inside of its mouth and the tongue whenever it would move or go retract it would come out different colors first it was black then it was uh blue the the same as the as its eyes and then it retracted again and came back out a third time and it was pink and then it had every single tooth of it was black but one of the fangs was white everyone everything else in its mouth was black all the other tooth, and it wasn't black because of decay or anything it was just as taken care of and normal as other snakes would have just black and it's looking up at me and it can't tell it stops hissing and it just stares and it's it gives me this flint in its eyes of like oh you're not like them i don't think you're like them I, this is an act of desperation help me or let me go and i'm taking all of this in in a mere few seconds while my uncle steps away from the snake and he's in some kind of drawer in the kitchen and he's basically he starts whistling this tune and humming to himself 
in a sort of comfort and grandiose, I'm amazing or I'm doing something awesome or blissful. And he's trying to normalize the whole situation, but nothing about the situation, even as mundane or normal or dull as it could feel, was normal. Some, something was screaming in my head to stop getting sucked in. I walked right over to him and I was like, why do you need my help? And he was like, I have to help it. I need to do something. I need to go grab some more supplies. And he was in the bedroom and I'm like, okay. And he's like, and you're going to have to help me hold it or it only you can. And I say, I don't feel comfortable about this. I, you know how my mom is about snakes and everything we've been told about snakes. Like this is just odd. He puts everything he has down and I hadn't noticed it doesn't show me. I'm just looking straight at his non-face. And he's he gets very angry and he slams his fists on the marble table of the kitchen. And he says, you are the only one that can help me. I did not ask you up here for any other reason. And you will do as I say. Stop. I'm your uncle. As soon as he said that, when I was younger, pretext real quick. When I didn't really question authorities I didn't really question this particular uncle or others, but one thing I knew was that this uncle in real life, he would not talk so loud. Secondly, another pretext, I usually, in, if I was in real life and I was seeing this snake, I would not react the way that I did in the dream. I wouldn't be so neutral. I wouldn't be so mundane. At least I don't believe I would. When my instant reaction was to the snake to almost protect it or hover over it or not partake in whatever is going on. I knew then, right then and there, everything about this was dead wrong. I remembered hints of how my uncle should be and that this was not my uncle at this moment. He stops himself because I guess he's studying me even because there must be a face through that shade of black covering the real pretender. And he is like, I'm sorry for outbursting. It's just that you're the only one that's here and everyone hasn't gotten here. And I just need you, you care about creatures. And I know that your cousins are gonna be rougher on the edges. And I just, I didn't have a moment to speak. He turns around and goes to the bedroom. And I thought that was really odd. And I start friend, I move. As soon as he left, I move. I grab the snake, I start like petting it. And it's, I guess it felt my energy and it, I, I guess it was freaking out. It didn't think I was trying to help it. So I unbuckle the belt and I start trying to grab it and it's frantic in my like arms and it starts biting me all over my chest. And this is why the dream was so vivid because I felt every single bite. The first one was the one that hurt the most. And I was like, ah, I guess they heard in the bedroom what was going on because I'm trying I'm telling the snake it's okay it's okay I'm trying to help you uh I don't know what's going on and I was I'm holding it like butter and I'm trying to make my way to what my feet believe is the front door and I come around the kitchen and then I hear them both my uncle comes back out and he has jars these little weird jars uh little the little brown plugs and I'm just like what are you doing with those and and he's like, why did you let go of the snake? And he was like, uh, it's still biting me. And it's starting to stop biting me. And then because it's it got distracted, it looks over at my uncle and it goes like the way that snakes hiss, like it, it and it starts flaring 
whatever part of every single part of its body it starts erratically moving its tail it's not happy this was a chubby beautiful snake and i could just tell it was on the defensive i was feeling its skin i just felt its energy it wasn't it was offensive and defensive because it had been hurt it didn't want to be there all it wanted was to leave i knew this so it's hissing at my uncle my uncle says oh now we got now I'm, I'm gonna have to restart he drops the jars they didn't crack all over the floor which i thought was odd because it sounded like they were glass instead they just fell over he he marches toward me and i start marching toward him and i say you're not gonna do anything with this snake and then we both get distracted because my supposed aunt walks in and says in spanish this is an aunt that only speaks spanish but the voice was distorted already my uncle's voice was starting to get distorted and she comes in and she's like why are you being so rude to your uncle why are you doing this we just needed your help and i say we because these this particular aunt and uncle they're not married so i was already like what and she was like we need your help and she hasn't come out of the shadows yet from the bedroom so and i'm just like what do you mean and i was like dia and she's like yes like what's going on she just hollers over and she was like just help your uncle and she was like i'll be right out or something and i'm like what like i get distracted and in that small distraction even though i'm fe like my body is still furious i'm still electric he grabs the snake from me and he slams its body on the wooden table in a few moments and i didn't have time i just woke up from my bubble and i'm starting to get angry and i walk back over to where the wooden table is and i'm about to stop him from buckling the snake again we're basically already about to fist fight and he says you're gonna regret that and then she calls out again from the darkness and she was like uncle to him and she says come here and she was like you're not going to treat her that way and then she says to me you need to calm down we're trying to help this snake all of this is in spanish she's still keeping up the facade and i'm just so blown away and i'm just, he stiffens up he already rebuckled the snake. He's walking away. Doorbell rings. I didn't hear the doorbell, but I'm starting to walk towards the snake again because we already did a scuffle. I'm like frantically about to like release it again after everything that just occurred because my only thought is get this poor creature out of here. I don't know what beauty. I don't know what transformation they want, but whatever it is, it's not good. And the moment that I start to touch the buckle again he stops himself and he says your cousin is here and she says it too she emerges from the darkness as he was going into the bedroom and she says go over to the bedroom i'll be right back to him in all in spanish she comes out and she's wearing this white shirt she's wearing these faded blue light blue jean skinny jeans and she's wearing black flats and her hair is as orange as it could be orangey red and it's flaring it the the color of the hair is extra colored not, not anything hair dye could do she emerges from the darkness and her face is also faded but she's not wearing a cap so there's no reason why it should be and i was like i guess i'm dreaming and she's i guess watching me about to release the snake so she then she just says as they pass each other, they give each other a glance. She says to me, oh, 
I guess your your cousins are here. Can you please go open the door? And suddenly I'm able to look behind me or toward the front. And there's a door there. A beautiful brown with a little bit of gold door. And, and there's curtains on the windows. There's figures in the windows. And I'm just astounded because I didn't hear a knock. I didn't hear a doorbell. I didn't hear anything. But she says, go, go, uh, let them in. And I say, okay, I just dropped my hands. I got distracted and I just listened. The electricity was in the back of my neck again and it was starting to build of defiance of why are you doing this? You need to not, but I'm not paying attention to it because I just snap into a trance or something. So I go open the door and my cousins come inside and they greet me or they, they don't even greet me actually. Now that I really think about it, they walk past me and they say, Tia, Tio, and their faces are distorted. And I'm just wondering why the only one, the only one of the whole lot, it was six cousins, is not distorted. And he greets his dad, which is my uncle. And he says, hey, dad, you wanted us all to come up here? And this uncle is like, yes, I needed your cousin's help. And he gestures at me. And this cousin is like, well, I could have helped you. Like, why did you need her? And pretext, I guess it was trying to emanate a little bit of what was going on in the real world because there's a little bit of distance I put myself towards me and this particular cousin. So I got more distracted when he said that. I got more into their conversation. I was, my brain was leaving the snake. My brain was leaving the table. I started walking towards everyone, the, the, the family, quote unquote. And I'm staring at all my cousins and then they find, after they greet her, because the five of them went to greet her, the son went to go greet his dad. He's still on the way. He said, I'll be right out. I'll head over to the living room. And she says, boys, go to the living room. We'll all join you. Just right now your cousin needs to help your uncle and I with something. And we'll join you shortly. I'll make some food. And my uncle's like, yes. And I need to finish getting ready and grabbing some supplies from the bedroom so my cousin looks a little confused at his dad they're not none of them are reacting all of my other cousins all the other five that went to her just had these distorted faces I can only feel their emotions I couldn't see them in their face and they say okay well I guess we'll head over and she says yeah just go start playing your games I just was like why can't one of the boys help you again and she was like, oh, you know, you know how it, it is. They're going to get distracted. They just want to play their games. And she was like, and you've always been one of the hard workers. You've always been one of the go-getters. And I know you won't be distracted. That's just matter of fact what she says. And I didn't question it. So I don't follow them to the living room. They all exit basically seen. She comes out and she starts putting supplies on in the kitchen but I can't see the reflection won't show me either because she's doing it on the side of the table parallel but away with her back turned to the snake then I look at the snake again and then all of the electricity and I wake up out of my trance and I start having control again and I say why are you doing this to this particular snake why did you and Theo decide to go out into these woods and find this creature and say, oh, something's wrong with it. And 
what are you guys going to do? I start bombarding my aunt with a million questions because I'm just like so confused and I thought she hated snakes and she was one of the ones that taught me to hate snakes and I didn't understand and I just start erratically and bombarding her and she's just like shh, shh, it's okay we found this creature it was going to freeze and we're trying to make its life better we brought it inside and she says I'm trying to heal I'm trying to be a better person and I'm just like I stop dead in my tracks. My my mouth is dry. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, what exactly are you trying to do to the snake, though? Like, I don't... You hate snakes. You said in religion that we're not supposed to be anywhere around them or whatever. And she says, I'm sorry that I said that. Your uncle's going to go get some supplies. She was like, we're going to help the snake we need to nurse it we're gonna make its life more beautiful and I say how why I don't get it and she starts dodging my questions I slowly hear her start to get irritated slowly but surely still trying to keep up the facade still trying to keep up the act but I'm starting to hear that it's not my aunt this is not responses that my aunt would say and I start feeling frantic and I say I can just head back I can take it to the bed or something. We don't have to do anything. And she said, the roads are freezing over right now. And I said, I don't see any snow on the floor. And she says, it's just too late. No. She says, I don't understand why you can't just help us. Why you can't just obey. Why you can't just listen. You've never questioned uh, me before like this. I, that, I just, I'm processing what she's telling me. And I just am like, first of all, Thea, I'm an adult. And second of all, I've done a lot of growing and healing. I'm not that girl that you once knew. And I was like, and you invited me here. And I was like, and I have the right to question you. And I start walking towards the snake, defensive and aggressive. And she's just like, can you, out of nowhere, grabs a tray of random treats. And she's like, can you take these to your cousins? We wouldn't want anything bad to happen to them. And by this point, the energy in the dream shifts. They're both tired, the pretend uncle and aunt. He's still in the quote-unquote bedroom. But they're both tired of pretending and they're realizing that I'm going to keep snapping out of it every single time they distract me. But in the moment that she said that, this really rigid fear crawled up my spine and all through my body. And I stared at the snake and I said, why? What's going on? And she said, I just wouldn't want anything like to happen to them or for them to starve or for them to do anything stupid while you and me are here in the living room, uh, in the kitchen. And she was like, just go hand them these snacks. She's starting to, her voice is starting to sound so distorted. I'm starting to get the feeling, like I said. And so I say, okay, I'll be right back. And I say, I'll help you. Fine. Don't do anything until I come back. And she says, yes, of course. Thank you so much for helping in Spanish. And she was like, I love you to me. And gestures some kind of pretend, like aunt to, to niece gesture. I quickly exit the kitchen. I quickly go. I check on my cousins. They're all just standing by the fire. And I'm just weirded out. They look up at me and they say, is it time? And I say, is it time for what? And they were just like, I guess it's not time. And then they looked back towards the fire. And I was like, I thought you guys were going to play games. I can't find that one cousin that anything was going on. Only the five with their faces distorted. And they say, 
no, we're just waiting around for aunt, you and, and uncle to come to the living room. And I say, okay, that's weird. I'll, uh, but you guys are okay. And they were like, yeah, we're fine. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay. So I go, I frantically walk back to the kitchen and I'm about to tell my aunt that everything's fine and also just no more distractions just no more I start charging and I say in my head that I'm going to grab this snake and I'm just going to leave and I walk into the kitchen I come around the marble table and she's humming a similar tune yet distorted and different from what my uncle was earlier and there's jars the same jars that were on the floor earlier side by side on the table filled with different jewels different colored jewels and something in the air i start panicking i start i start reacting and i briskly walk over i put i say what's going on I, did you do anything and she's like oh no nothing i'm just making it more beautiful and i say i didn't what do you mean i said don't start anything until i got here and I was like, you said you needed my help. And she was just like, oh, yes, don't worry. And she starts cackling and she's holding something, what I can only see the corners of the wooden table. I just, I was at this point just already set dead on my, on my decision making. And I was like, that's it. Like, you guys have been acting weird all night. I push her. I'm not paying attention to her. I look down and I'm staring at the wooden table and i see the snake it's flat like it had been flattened and i can't i can't immediately just process what happened and she had a paintbrush and she was painting white blotches on the snake i'm looking at the scene in front of me and i just i start hearing cackling and she just was like, I made it beautiful. I made it beautiful. Do you like what I did? I'm making it beautiful. And she's just like, uncle, come out. She witnessed us making the creature more beautiful. And she's laughing. And I'm like, did you torture this snake? And this rising, bubbling anger starts forming inside of me. And I want to kill her. She doesn't know what is literally about to happen. I turn around towards her. I see my uncle come out. Their voices started distorting. They are laughing both maniacally. The snake is just there and it's still strapped and I, I unstrap it and I know it's an immense pain. And instead of, I push past, I grab a knife, I'm about ready to attack. But I guess when I touched the snake, all I felt then in the moment, because I was I was grabbing the snake, I don't know if it's alive or dead. I start grabbing maniacally the, the carcass and it just the sudden urge to just I need to get the heck out of here surges through me and I start rapidly like stabbing and she's just laughing she's still on the floor and she's like is it more beautiful do you like what I did and he's just like oh yes it's exactly what we wanted to present to you and they're both just like do you like it did you how do you feel about this witnessing and I'm like, you torturers, I'm so angry, I'm so mad, and I'm crying, and I run out of there. I don't, I don't even care about my anything anymore. I just had to get the snake out of here. And I run into the woods, and first I notice it's not 
snowing and then it goes into second point of view and i see myself running out of a cabin that's light dimly lidded in the middle of the forest and all of the trees are looking extra dark and it's supposed to be a creepy scene but it's not it just feels neutral or harmonious i can't tell and i see the moon and it's starting to slowly creep in and zoom in on us and i come into a clearing in the forest away from the cabin i can't see it anymore off in the distance and i'm panting and i'm screaming i'm not screaming i'm just maniacally repeating to the, the and i'm stroking the snake saying it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and i find the clearing i the it comes back to first person and i look up at the moon and the moon is just extra shining it's silver beautiful light and I start trying to rub off the white color off of the body because I don't want it on. It just was wrong. And I I know that the snake is in pain and I start crying. And I start hearing uh, my tears are running down its my face and it, some of hit the snake. And then I lay down its body gently on the floor as I'm kneeling just the, the tip. And I'm holding its head when my tears dropped onto its face it opens its eyes and I realize it's alive and I somehow know I'm keeping it alive and I'm start rocking myself back to and forth and I'm holding the snake saying it's gonna be okay I'm gonna heal you don't worry and I noticed that the tip of the snake I hadn't noticed it in the cabin but then I noticed it right then and there I'm trying to wash off all the white and the white, the, the white, or what I thought was white of the tip of the snake, the tail, won't come off. And then I realize in the moonlight that it's not, it's not white at all. It's a silver tip. Silver. And I, I start crying because I just have a realization then. And I start stroking its head. I start stroking its whole body. I, I'm, I flip it around. I start stroking its, its tummy. And I notice that maybe once upon a time it was going to grow legs. I bring it back over it and it has enough strength to pick up its head and I just can't believe it. I'm thinking in my brain I'm math I'm doing the calculations and I just was like I was only gone for a moment I was gone for less than a second how did they torture it in such a short amount of time how did my aunt torture you in this small amount of time I just went to go make sure she did nothing to the cousins or that this food wasn't poison it was not gone more than a minute how could this have happened this everything about this is wrong I just knew it instantly and it I guess it's just kind of looking at me in a way that like resigned like it's realizes its fate and the the moonlight starts shining ever glowing more it it's more intense and I'm just rocking back and forth saying it's going to be okay and it raised its head a little bit and it slithers its little tongue it retracts it and then it just opens its eyes as much as it can this one eye and I'm staring at it and I'm like it's going to be okay and then a tear forms and the eyes of the snake or the eye in that one tear, all of the blue leaves into the tear. And I see it from two points of view. The regular point of view where the tear is clear. And then a colored point of view where the tear is also the, the same color of its eyes. And the new color that emerges in the snake's eyes is this beautiful yellow. This intense yellow. 
almost golden, not totally golden, sparkling. It all the blue drowned into this one tear, and it was just there at it the, at the tip of its eye. And I'm just thinking in my head, hey, like if don't do it, no, like it's okay. And I I already know what's coming next, but I don't want it to happen. And I'm like I'm stroking it, I'm I'm caressing its body. I'm just like don't don't cry. And then the tear leaves, and it closes its eye, and it drops its head. I lost it. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I start erratically rocking the carcass back and forth, saying it's okay. Then it turns into second person or third omniscient point of view as I leave the scene. Then the dream ends. Have you ever had such a vivid dream like that, Novian? Also, what do you think about everything? What do you think about this dream? I know I had this dream because of our personal beliefs, everything that we were doing to heal ourselves. And there was way more undertone and messages inside the dream to the listeners that you guys are just listening in like, whoa, you know, I don't like to impose my beliefs on anybody. It's just there's way more to it, to answers than everything going on. But even if you don't believe or even our beliefs into you, have you have any of you ever had an intense dream like that? Fuck yeah, I've had a dream like that where I wake up in cold sweats, screaming, crying, the whole jazz. I absolutely hate waking up like that. I tend to be a very neutral person. So when I wake up in sweats and crying and screaming, making me feel intense emotions, it gets on my nerves, actually. But that's me. And that is something that I need to work on because I need to learn to feel my feelings. <laughs> That's a story for another time. I think it's interesting. How many colors stuck out to you in your dream? I'm a firm believer that there is a deeper spiritual meaning to colors other than just spectrums of the rainbow that our eyes can see, la la la. I think dreams have meaning. Like you said, Like there's a deeper meaning there. I'm curious to know. You said you had a realization when you saw the silver tip of the snake. If you don't mind me asking and if you don't mind sharing, can you give an idea of what that realization was? Did it represent someone close to you? Uh, someone you knew? I'm sorry about my dog shaking in the background. I have my dogs here with me. Our dogs. Was it a belief? You know, What did the snake represent to you that gave you this realization and led you to cry out? I think that's interesting. I also think it's interesting that you knew eventually in your dream that your aunt and uncle were not who they seemed. Obviously, they were some kind of evil entity trying to make you do bad, you know? And I also think you have a good point in the fact that not every adult or authority figure over you has your best interest at heart. And I think that's something... I wish I knew when I was a kid. I can't count how many adults I just took their word for it just because their excuse was they're wiser, they're older. I have to listen to them because they're the adults. Which, you know, now I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Because there's just some people who they don't care about you. They want, they're selfish, they want what's best for them and they will use you as a pawn to do so. I think your dream is a great example of that. And I know it wasn't really your aunt and uncle in the dream, but for me, I think that needed to be pointed out because there's so many kids that just do what adults say, and 
I, you know, I was one of those kids. I can actually count a few times where the adults fucked me over for their own gain. If it's not in your best interest and it's not something that keeps you safe or makes you emotionally distressed, fuck that adult. Fuck them. A snake, you know, black is also often associated with evil, and I don't think so. I actually think black associates with harmony. To me, it's a really chill color. It's very comforting to me. I am often that creepy weirdo that will just sit on my couch in the darkness as the sun goes down, uh, you know, in my living room. I don't have any lights on. I don't have the TV on. I'm often just listening to music or reading. Well, I don't read in the dark. Listening to music and it gets dark. I'm engulfed in darkness and I feel safe. That's for me. I know there's a lot of people who, you know, they're not, they can't compatible with the darkness, but you know, maybe those people just have some chaos in them because chaos is equal to light. So in in our opinion, I don't know. There's just so many key points in your dream to touch on. It's crazy, (laughs) but I'm not, you know, a professional dream interpreter. It's just my opinion. I don't know what to make of the fact that some of your cousin's faces were distorted except that one cousin. It could have been because of the real personal issues outside that it highlighted his face. It could have been that these other cousins were also evil entities, you know, that may have possessed their body in the dream. You know, trying to get you to trust, trying to entice you, basically, to make you think just because they're family, you should trust them, which again, isn't always true. And um, not saying that to your real family, if they are listening, but in the dream, like I'm just trying to interpret the dream, what it could have meant. That is an intense dream. And the fact that it made you so emotional, you know, I'm like, it definitely means something to you. And I think it would be interesting if we do some more research on that. I'm glad that you shared your dream with us. And I'm glad that, you know, I got to hear it. Uh, I've had some pretty fucking crazy dreams. Probably won't say it in this episode. Uh, It's already long as it is, but maybe in another episode where we decide to bring up the dream journal, I'll definitely share an intense dream of mine because I have plenty. And I also have some reoccurring dreams that I've had throughout my life. Let's, Let's do it. Thank you so much for sharing your dream again, I say. Before we end this episode here, I just wanted to say... I find it really interesting, Chaos, that you wanted to start the segment of dream journals because I also kind of wanted to add in, I'm a big fan of reading poetry and writing my own poetry. I kind of wanted to have a segment where we share poems, whether it's mine, yours, or anyone in the audience who's comfortable enough to share it. I I think you folks should know in the audience that The way me and Chaos are recording is we're not here together because, we have said before, right now I'm a stay-at-home husband and she's still truck driving out there working, so we're in different places. So we've been sending messages back and forth through an audio recording device, even on our phone, where basically we're sending it back and forth and then I'm putting it all together uh, here on home on the computer or Chaos, you know, whoever decides to edit we're both the hosts, we're both the editors, and we're both the producers for the show. So I was able to go back and hear the message that you sent me containing your dream, Chaos. You know, I think it's pretty obvious that I am a firm believer in the healing properties and the benefits for marijuana. Last night, I was able to indulge myself in some of the healing plant. I was listening to your message, and I just felt really touched and inspired 
empathized with you when you got emotional. I wanted to cry as well. And I felt inspired to write a poem. I'm not really sure how it coincides with your dream. I just know that it's what I put on paper. And I want to thank you so much again for sharing your dream and for giving me inspiration to be able to write this poem. I want to share it here on the show, which is not something I usually do. I'm very camera shy. You know, even recording this podcast, it takes a lot of uh, strength for me to be able to keep talking because it's not something I usually do. I'm usually, uh, like I've said before, an extroverted introvert. <laughs> so I'm going to share my poem with you guys and hopefully you all like it. If not, it's cool. Surrounded by purple lilacs, I throw a secret into the wind. Come to my house, I say. Be surrounded by fruitful winds. The creature looked at me, his eyes full of sorrow. I want to fade into the dusk, he said. I never want to see another tomorrow. I gathered courage and did what I could never do. I woke up from the dream and said, living is something I want to do. And yeah, that's the poem that I was inspired to write from the dream that Absolute Chaos was, she had the courage to share with us. Anytime I get to write poetry or I'm in a creative mood, I'm in a great, blissful mood. I feel pretty mellowed out, you know, just zen. I feel very zen. You were able to help me get there by sharing your dream. And, you know, I had the privilege of being able to re-listen to it. So thank you again, Chaos, for being able to inspire me. I also want to say, audience, if you guys want to share a dream or a poem with us, we would be honored to hear it. And, you know, you can even let us know if you're comfortable with us reading it here on the podcast in another episode for everyone else to hear. Um, you can submit it anonymously or if you want us to share, you know, give you credit. I think that would be something awesome and cool to do as a community. You can find us on social media. We even have an email. You can email us. It's utwhac at gmail.com. So it's basically utwhack at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash universal talks with harmony and chaos, utwhc. Uh, you can look us up. Or you can find us on either of our Instagrams and send us a message. Chaos, her Instagram handle is at Absolute Chaos, spelled A-B-S-O-L-U-T-E-C-A-O-S. I know it's not with an H, but that's how she wants to spell it. Nothing's wrong with that. My Instagram is at Novian Matter. So you can find us there. You can message us there if you want. We'd love to hear from you guys. Chaos, perhaps... Me or you or both of us could set up a discussion board, you know, somewhere out there on the internet where, you know, people can get involved and we can talk about it. I think that'd be really interesting and cool. I'm not much of a dream interpreter. I love hearing about people's dreams. What, you know, I'm a firm believer that dreams mean something, you know, our, sub our subconscious is trying to tell us something or guide us or prepare us or warn us about something. With dreams, you know, it's interesting to me that scientists haven't been able to figure out why we dream at all. And I think that's because there's just some things that we haven't been able to discover or some people aren't open to discover. Spiritually speaking, 
I'm talking about like when your third eye opens, people who have made it to the fourth dimension or they say they've been there, you know, whether it be through the use of psychedelics or meditation, there's different ways. It doesn't always have to be through um, any kind of substance. There's just different ways to get to that level. I think maybe getting there, having a better understanding of yourself, your soul, your whole being, you'll have a better understanding of why these dreams are. Maybe you'll be able to see the signs out there. I don't know if I'm making sense right now. I'm not quite sure how to put it into words. But anyway, if you guys are comfortable with sharing any submissions to us, we would be honored to read them. We would be honored to share them on the show if you are comfortable with us doing so. We also want to remind you guys that Mike on Instagram, podcasting like a pro. Go look for him if you want custom beats. You have an, a podcast or if you have a show on YouTube, you know, whatever it is, he can make you customized beats and he even gives you the copyright for them, guys. And he does it at a very affordable price. Podcasting like a pro. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-L-I-K-E-A-P-R-O. Podcasting like a pro. He also has a website and that is podcastinglikeapro.com. Go check him out. Go see what he's about. We'll be putting all these links in the show notes. We'll be putting the link for Mike, Podcasting Like a Pro, in the show notes. Uh, me and Chaos will put our links uh, for our social medias in the show notes. So go check that out. You can find it there, read it there, message us there. Just thank you guys so much for joining us. And Chaos, once again, I can't say it enough. I want to say thank you for sharing your dream with us. And I'm really excited for next week's episode. I wonder what it holds. We don't make these shows scripted, guys. We kind of just go along as we go. It's always exciting to me, and I wonder what we're going to talk about. I know sometimes we touch base on the same things, but that's because it's really important to us. And we just think people need to be made aware or, you know, it should be something talked about and not hidden. Obviously, we can also... We have the right to speak our beliefs and our opinions and our feelings freely. And we've already mentioned before, if you are offended or if you don't like it, you don't have to listen, guys. Go ahead and log off. It's a free country, apparently. Anyway, this is Novian Matter slash Harmony, depending on how I'm feeling in the day, signing off. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us for episode three. We are beyond blown away by the support how <laughs> how much people have tuned in honestly we thought it was going to go slow so we're pretty happy with progress so far thank you so much for listening especially those that returned and listened to episode two and now hopefully will return and listen to episode three shout out to y'all you know who you are thank you so much for joining us on our journey guys this is something we wanted to do for a while it's part of our dream to make our dreams happen and it's awesome that you guys are going to be here for the ride I'm glad we could share it with you this is novian harmony signing off i can't wait to hear what you got in store for us podcasting like a pro mike so excited oh my gosh we'll see what what kind of custom crazy amazingness will come out of this maestro anyways this is absolute chaos thank you for coming to the show